Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Today is a sad lesson, Lamentations, <laughs> but we're going to make it happy, just so you know, just preparing people that okay. it's a book about lamenting. So don't be afraid of it. It's a really meaningful, awesome book. If you're new on this podcast or YouTube video, however you're getting um, I hope you're about to this, see this. We're usually happier and we don't start out with sad news. I'm just prepping people so they know. Oh man, the title of this was Lamentations. I'm not sure I want to lament. By the end, you do. I'm just prepping you. I know we should have. Did you know the title was different actually in the Hebrew the Bible? Hebrew Bible. Do you I know what the title they... is? No. Do you? Yes. Oh. How? Oh, it was just yes. the first word. Yeah, it was how. It was how did this happen? Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. It, we can call it Lamentations, and you I like can... calling it How did this happen? Okay. Um, that's going to be good. Um. That's a book in the Bible. If you don't know, Lamentations, I would have, would have been news to me. <laughs> you know, it's all of a sudden there's these, at the end of the Old Testament, there's these random books that you're just like. Which let's talk about that for a minute. have ever heard of this before? Yeah, because let's talk about, you had a comment this week of someone oh, who was like. Yeah. The, listen, the first half of the Old Testament for sure is the golden half. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's story based. And it's heroes. exciting and heroes and all yeah. of those things. You get into the second half of the Old Testament, and some of you might be feeling a little bit of um, burnout when you're reading it because you're I kind you of like. You were going to say boredom just now too. I, it's so fun to just sit right here and see what's what about words to happen gonna right ha- now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true because like you get to the last half, and it's sort of like I feel like we're saying the same thing again and again and again and again, and it's sort of like Jones um, leaned over to me during conference, and he was just like, "All these talks sound the same." And I was like, that's actually true, right? Because like the issues of right now and a lot of the issues of the past, they haven't changed very much. You know, it's like the the same message is needed. And sometimes one of those just hits a little bit differently, right? Yeah. Like it just, you're, you're in a place when you read it or hear it or think about it and it's not a new principle, but it hits different. Yeah. It's the writing style or it's the way that person enters in. Lamentations is a book like that for me. Yeah. Where the um when I read it start to finish and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, I've been in this place." Ah, uh, see, that's cool. And what's interesting is so I just took that I just took a trip to Israel and led a group there and we went together in May and we did three trips back to back to back. And this happened on those trips. And then again in September, it was interesting because I went to all the same places, right? Because you just do. There's ones that you're like, I ha- we have to go here. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to come away from each of those four trips now in a really short time period and look at like which spots like had a deep impact. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I went to the same places, but like on this last September trip, it was sitting in the basement of yes. Pilot's you know, house. That I was like, it was so impactful this time, like, and it and it wasn't on the third or second, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Where, but it's where your story is, right? And what you're yeah, experiencing right, right now, and right, what yeah. you needed in that moment, and I do love that. Um, it's almost like it's a patriarchal blessing where 
there's one book that will stand out to you for some reason. And the words are always the same. Yes, but, but, but your life story isn't. Right, right. And so then they just hit different So because of that. So don't give up. Like, keep leaning mm-hmm. into this. And, and it's really easy to just kind of say, like, oh, I've already heard this before or whatever. Like, t- stick through to the end because there's some, just some, and, and we have Daniel in the lion's den coming. And, in and a we weeks. have and fun Jonah. things coming, <laughs> actually. You are not going to get bored here. At least with us, yeah. Yes, because we won't. still think it's exciting. Yeah, we still Even love the Old Testament. Even a book called How We Actually Love. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope that you're going to love it, too. So, If you're new, you're catching on. We move through the Bible. We've moved through the Old Testament this year. We're following the Come Follow Me uh, curriculum. One of the things that we're hoping to do with this community is to create a meaningful experience in Scripture. Like, that's our goal, to connect to God in in a meaningful way through His uh, words, through the words of of Scripture. And to discover, like, what do those words mean? actually have to do with your story like with your life right now why does getting into god's word make it different in your actual day-to-day yeah. the ordinary moments of your life some parts of it will share and teach the history and the academic side of it but we're really interested in what the story mm-hmm. what's this how does how do these words um transcend time and situation into into my life. I'm where I'm single or I'm raising little kids or I'm an empty nester. Like the words of scripture can reach us in, in all of those different places. And so um, this is something that we are going to keep doing, right? So next year is New Testament. And we actually started this channel um, on in New Testament year four years ago, but we are coming at it again. And one of the ways we hope to help you is every week we're going to provide this 45 minute to an hour long lesson, um, sort of like an institute class that you yep. get to sit in and, and you get to um, study together with us and write notes on, on scripture and, and your own thoughts and, and almost like this is the, the trampoline into yeah. <laughs> more so study, many different jumping things. spot. Yes. Yeah. And um, one thing that's going to be new next year, if you were with us the first year, is we have become really fascinated how much President Nelson has talked about and used the word daily and now. Um, just how important it is to be in the scriptures, in the word of God daily and, and helping it to become part of our life. So one thing that will be similar next year is we will have the 45-minute to hour-long videos. Something that is going to be different next year is those videos will be split up into daily chapters five we're going to try and do five daily chapters um so if you're doing scripture study every single night and you wish you had something every single night to just think about a discussion question um a a part of the lesson that you want to pull out we're going to be doing daily segments that will all equal into a one-hour video did i do a good job yeah because i think it's awesome that if you you can either watch it all at once because some people love doing that on like a monday morning at the beginning of the week or if you want to break it up and just have like a, you know, because sometimes you just kind of need something to warm up your heart yep. to the scripture. And we hope that this discussion can kind of be that, you yep. know, say, oh, yep. okay. And more, and just... maybe more bite size. Yeah, right. Or with a family, if you're just like, we like to do it every morning, you know, and so just have nice little spots where it's easy to, easy to pause and, and pick up the next time. Um, something... Along with that video, before we even move um, to that, that is might be helpful for you as we send out a newsletter every week. 
And within the newsletter, we include tips for whatever age you are, whoever's studying this. So if you are a, um, if you're single or if you're empty nesters, or if you study with a group of, I love, um, there's so many retirement home groups that study Don't Miss This Together, which we love. Then there's a section that is like, if that is the category you find yourself in, this is what you might want to study this week or lean into. If you have teenage kids, there's a little section that talks about, think about this for your discussion this week or an activity or an application. And then young kids um, are in there. And that newsletter comes out every single week. And it just has tips in there for like making the lesson come to life. Yeah, helpful links and everything. So um, you can sign up for that newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com. And that's free, comes every week. And these videos are, are just uh, um, our gift to you every single week. And we love doing them. Yeah. We, we actually love recording them. So it's so fun for us. But then a lot of you have asked for like study helps or study tools. We are really visual learners by nature. Um, we, it, we're tangible. We're hands-on. We, we need to see what we're working on. And so anytime we come up with something that we're like, I want this for my family, then we wonder if you maybe want it for your family too. And so we want to give you some ideas of tips that we have, um, personal study ideas, family devotional study ideas, um, easy reminders. If you only have time for like a one or two minute study ideas, and then um, a, a resource. Like if you were like, I actually want to dive a little deeper, what would that look like? And th- those are things that we want too, that we actually want to study like that also. So let us show you just a couple of those things quickly and then we'll dive into the lesson. Once a year, we kind of give you an overview of like what you have to look forward to, what is coming. We're super excited. There's so many things we are excited about yeah. this year. The end of the Old Testament, but New Testament starts and we've just been neck deep in it. We're super excited because a lot of the stuff has come back from the printer. <laughs> so now it's like Christmas morning for yeah. us. But one of the ways that um, you, something that we've created that might help you with your personal study, to help you kind of dig a little bit deeper, to have pondering time, uh, reflection time is this journal. And it's going to be backwards for you, but um, just live backwards for a second. Um, and it's, it's a little bit different this year. And those of you who are listening on podcasts, you want to go to our Instagram story so you can see some pictures of this, of what it yeah. looks like Instagram, inside. you can find us at Don't Miss the Study. Uh, Mr. Dave Butler and Emily Bell Freeman. And we'll be talking about this everywhere. But those are our three Instagram handles. One of the things that I think you're really going to love with this is it's going to help engage, help your heart engage in a personal reflection and study and also open up the door a little bit easier for a discussion with small groups and friends or with family or as a teacher. We created the journal this year to be like a reflection and also a... Teaching A teaching help, help right? Yeah. So every week there are going to be these like just um, reflection questions that or go along or, dis- or discussion questions that go along with the study that you're going to be able to answer. And these are the topics that we're going to discuss as, as we do it. And show this fun part. On um, every week there will be one discussion question that is a different color um, and it'll change. But we went through and thought, if you were doing this with your family and you were like, what is the Sunday question that we want to like sit down and talk about together? The one that is in a different color, not all just black, is the one we think would be the funnest family discussion question if you were going to do that. 
So if I were a teacher, P.S., I would just, these would be my questions that I think I would ask the class. Like I just, if you like were we teaching Sunday them, school right. or if you were um, leading a, a small group or right. something. So we're super excited about that, especially for our podcast listeners, uh, a chance to go back each night or to go back after you listen and be able to like write out like, okay, here's kind of things I remember and learned from that particular episode. Lots of note pages in there. Because we know you love that. Also, and then this is actually super cool this year. For each week, we there is a designed page. We get asked the question, if you were to pick just one lesson from that week's study, what would that one lesson be? Like I just have time with my family to do just one lesson. We pick that one lesson. Yeah, the thing that we would be like, if you were just gonna do one thing from this week's reading, this is our favorite part of the lesson. Which is what I do on Sundays for our family home evening, for our time in there. I just pick one section of it, and this is the one I would pick for that. And I also teach the 17-year-old Sunday school class, and it's like, this is the one that I would pick for that. And we designed a page in each of those. Show some different ones so yeah. they can see. But um, it'll be so fun because this is the page that you can use to help... Um, to help that study happen that maybe you're going to want people to be able to fill out. I was showing this to my neighbor and he was like, I love this idea so much because I want my kids to go through and each of them have their own journal and be able to fill out what they are learning. That most important part of the lesson that week for them. <laughs> Seriously, I love, I love this love so much. One. I think I'm showing you yeah, all and of then, them. Um, it becomes a journal of that year. Like if they ever have to give a talk in church or when they go on their mission, they just have this like handbook workbook that is going to help them be able to teach these principles so well that we're learning this year. So uh, this is about getting in yeah. and personal study and writing down notes, but it's also about workbook style, working it out and being prepared to actually teach it to so, someone. We love that part. Yeah, this is like a, a treasure. I love, like, I, th I really, like, yeah, I'm so excited be so about fun. this for next year. Um, these Word of Week posters that you are familiar with, you've yeah. seen, this is what the box looks like. So fun. And let's show this at the same time. Just so that so. you know, if you ever try to We're find so it. excited about these. This is one of our favorite things every single book of scripture. But you are going to be so excited what is going to happen next year because our Word of Week, which will come from, the New Testament was mostly translated from a Greek translation. So coming from... Greek instead of Hebrew this year, but every single year is going to be a name of Christ every right. year. I mean, every, every week, week. Yeah. <laughs> was confusing. So there's going to be 52 names of Jesus that we are going to study and just lean into. And so if you're hanging these in your home, you are going to be able to see these uh, names of Jesus just hanging in your home all year long this year. And one of the other fun parts of the journal this year is we've got a spot in it where you can write down that name of Christ, the one that it comes from the lesson, and ponder it and consider it, and then maybe put some other scriptures where you find that name so that we're really just coming to know him really well next year. We're super excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be so the, good. We have the devotional book. If you're looking for a five-minute um, study there's one devotional for every single chapter in the whole new testament that yeah. you'll be able to pull from sort of like a mini instagram post is kind of what yeah. they are like a story or a reflection yeah. on on a verse and then we have our tippins that we created also and these are just resources that you can like slide into 
your scriptures that kind of like are reminders about the lessons learned in those chapters and just things that you want to like keep. Like this one at the very top is here are the seven different statements that Jesus makes from the cross and their references. Um, every book of the New Testament, we put together a like a summary for that for that book also, where it's just like, this is who wrote it. This is what the conditions were when that letter was written. And here's um, like one, two, three, four, five references of things we think you don't want to miss in like the book of Corinthians or Matthew or, or Revelation, whatever yeah. the book so is. So fun. Yeah. And then um, that's it, right? Well, yeah. and then we have our surprise that you won't find out about until December um, that will be similar to the timeline, but not the timeline, everyone. Yeah. So something that we... If you uh, have a timeline spot in your home, though, you can just leave it ready because something is coming that might fill your timeline spot. Yeah. Uh, listen, we said this about the New Old Testament, the Book of Mormon. We said this about every book. But as we start getting closer to a new book of Scripture, we're sad to leave the one that we're in, but we're super excited because of what is what is to come. The new lessons, the new uh, angles, the new pictures of of Jesus that that we're going to talk about. Caleb's yeah. getting baptized um, this coming Saturday, my youngest, and each of the kids are sharing um, what they're calling a picture of Jesus. Mm. This is my favorite story about him, and this is what that particular story shows us. And we've done that through the whole Old Testament, right? This is yeah. his character. This is his heart, and it happens so in good. every book. So, so we're good. so excited including a book called Lamentations, right? <laughs> or a book called How? How did this happen? So um, where you're at in the timeline, let's show you this oh, yeah, so that you kind of see, like this is where it shows up. Um, you remember when we went through the actual like history timeline part, we got to this spot in scripture where um, they, the, the country, what, is it called a country? The kingdom of Babylon. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> came in. And they destroyed the southern kingdom of Judah, and they took them away um, as captives. Right before that, remember, Lehi left, right before Jerusalem was destroyed. You had all these prophets that were looking at who were warning about it, but they did eventually get taken away into Babylon. And remember, they stayed there until Persia set them free and sent them back. So this is the spot on the timeline that we are at, where in the Book of Lamentations, the question, how? Did this happen is about their the the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and now them being taken away as slaves. It feels like it's a reversal of all the promises that God gave them. Like God promised Abraham that your family would 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 be a, a great blessing to the earth, and now they were slaves. There was a promise of the of a Davidic line of kings and victory that would come through those, and now that line is is been has been taken off into jail, and it's like no longer. And the temple has been destroyed, and the presence of God is no longer, you know, among them in in a physical way. And it's like all of a sudden, it's just this like up to this point, it's the greatest catastrophe in mm. in the history of these people, like worst case scenario has just happened for them and so and something they thought would never happen right like they were like no that would never happen we are god's people that would never happen to us and to realize that by their own set of choices now they're in a circumstance that they they really thought was like 
no, that can't happen. Right, right. And so that's the reason for like the, the lament and for the question. Now, I, it, it's interesting because, because worst case scenario happened, it opens up the door for people to start thinking about a lot of different things. Like there's something about, um, I, I don't know if this applies, but maybe it just came to my mind that Elder Maxwell said one time, there are no atheists in foxholes. It's like sometimes when tragedy hits, it forces you to like review your relationship with God, your own life choices. Like it just, there's something about yeah, it. And, and you want to believe there's someone bigger than, than the circumstance happening. you've got that, yourself yeah. into. And so this book of Lamentations really is, it's a, it's a reflective, emotional book because something terrible happened and now it's making them rethink mm -hmm all of these things. And one of the things that's interesting about this is um, that I think if you back up a little bit before it happened, yeah. we're gonna start in the end of Jeremiah um, 36. I think it's important to begin with this idea and concept of like this happened and it's gonna cause people to be bitter toward God and it's gonna have them ask like, why did you let this happen? Mm. Why didn't you do anything? And I think it's important to begin with that he did, right? Warn you. He did He did warn, tell you right? this was going to happen. Like he, he laid out for you, if you continue on this path, I can't prevent this from happening to you because you're not like allowing me space in your life. I'm not part of your story yeah. right now. And, 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 and it happened again and again and again. And you get this chapter, Jeremiah 36, which I think is really interesting. And this is the question that we put together for it. And it'll make a lot more sense in just a second is which fire does it fuel? And you have um, the Lord sending Jeremiah with this message to everybody. And it's interesting to see how many people react so differently Different. to that message. It's the same words that are being spoken, but the response to those words is so different and that's so interesting and intriguing yeah. right you're just like how could yeah. the same how could these words affect you so differently opposite in yeah. in some of of the places and so we have this verse right here that you can start through chapter 36 starting in three where you at the beginning he tells jeremiah write down these words and go speak them to the people why at the beginning of three it may be that they will hear about all this and they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. There's his purpose. I'm writing these words to try and get you to turn away from what you're pursuing and turn back to me. And seven, you see something similar. It may be if they hear mm -hmm. them that they'll present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone for, from his evil way. That was his intention and what he was trying to say. And just coming off of conference, I love thinking about the intention of every one of those messages yeah. first. Me too. Right? Yeah. To think to yourself, what was the, what yeah, were you? Yeah, because no one sits down and thinks, oh, I hope I write something that just makes everyone so like, mad. Yeah. Right. But everyone's praying and they want to get it right. And they want to be like, God, what do you need me to say right now? And I think they do hope they get it right, even when sometimes it doesn't come across 
the way they wished. And I feel like that is what is happening with the prophets in Jeremiah's time. Is there like, I feel the responsibility, the heaviness to share what God needs me to share right now. And I just, I hope it goes over well. It reminds me of the story I heard. I either read it in President Irene's book or I heard him in a devotional say it where an interaction that he had with President Kimball after President Kimball gave a devotional in response to the sexual revolution, you know, mm. of the 60s and mm. 70s. And so it was really bold and it was really forward. And he said after he was done speaking, they kind of found each other backstage as they were coming back. And he said, President Kimball grabbed me and he says, do you think they heard me? Mm. And then he was like, yeah, I think you did really great, President Kimball. And then he asked again, he's like, no, do you think they heard me? You know, through like the words that could be so distracting and words that could cause people to like, mm. kind of like, uh, you know, revolt when they hear like the boldness of it. He was so interested and intent on them hearing the the compassion and the mm. returning message and That's so good and, I, and, and so true right and sometimes just, we forget that yeah I the think. intention yeah what was the Lord's intention and His servant's intention in in doing it and so he has a scribe write this down whose name is Baruch and we love his response in eight and it says this and Baruch the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him reading in the book of the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. And we love that that's one response. It was just like, okay, I, I will do what it is that you ask me to do. I'm gonna do it, right? That's one. Another one, you go down a couple of verses in 13 and you get this man named Micaiah who hears the words and then he declares unto them, a group in verse 12, all the words that he had heard. So one person's response is like, oh, I wanna pass this on. Those words are so mean. And you saw that on Instagram yeah. the, over the whole weekend, right? Yes. <laughs> that conference weekend yeah. where it was People like, just passing I want to pass on. Yeah. Like those words meant something to me. I want to pass them on, mm. you know, to other people. So you get that response. Sometimes people hear the words of the Lord and they're just like, I want everybody else to know these. They're, they're so good. Then you've got this one right here, 16 and 19, this group of princes. It came to pass when they had heard all the words, they were afraid, both one and other. And, and they said unto Baruch, we'll surely tell the king of all these words. But that's such an interesting response that they had, that it was like, oh no, almost like, uh, when I read that, I hear them saying like, oh no, I, I think I got I to gotta fix something. Yeah. I got to change something. Or if they don't want to fix it, they're saying, oh no, because this could ruin everything that we are setting up socially. Yeah. Right now. Or, yeah, or this, because what they do is, it says in 19, then said the princess unto Baruch, go and hide you and Jeremiah and let no man know where you are. And they're trying to protect them. And I think it's interesting, their initial response is, there's a group of people who are not going to like what you yeah. just said, you know? And so I'm a little bit nervous yeah. for you and the way, and I love that protective nature, nature yeah, of them. I do too. Right? Yeah. Where you were saying, you know, earlier before we started, just that they took those, they wanted to take them and like defend and protect. Yes. Yeah. Them in their uh, words. Which I love that part because I think fear comes for two reasons. Either because we're promoting something that maybe isn't necessarily right, but fear also comes and it does here for them um, to realize wait a minute, this is going to cause a 
a lot of trouble socially and culturally, and then they're not going to be safe. And how will we get more words? Yeah. How, how will we get more? And to be able to protect that, to keep that sacred, to keep it safe, to realize, okay, there's something important here. And am I making room for the importance of this in my life? Because then what happens uh, next in 22, which is so funny when I read this chapter the first time, you start out in 22 and you're like, well, this is going to be my favorite part. At least it was for me because it starts out like this. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And I'm like, oh. I want to be there. <laughs> like, I want like to be in the winter house and I want the fire in the hearth and I just want to be like sitting by the king and like you're get all cozy and you're like something really good is about to happen in this part. And it came to pass that when they start reading him, these pages, these three or four leaves, um, he has them cut it out of the scriptures. And then he throws it in the fire and he burns it up. He burns up the scriptures. Like when I was reading it, I was like, wait, wait, this was going to be my favorite part of the whole story. We were so cozy and we were going to read scripture together. And next thing you know, it all goes bad. And the words Jeremiah wrote, which now are gone because they're burning in the fire. And um, it's so interesting that... um, what what was so important to one group that they were like, we have to protect and and keep this sacred, fueled the fire for the other group. Yeah. And sometimes that is true, like not literally, but figuratively, that sometimes you do sit and listen to a prophet speak. And on one hand, you're like, oh, I got to protect what I'm feeling right now and, and what fuels- I'm learning. And it yeah, it fuels this. It ignites in you. Um, a hope or a belief yes. or just like a, oh, okay. Yeah, and strength. I, or, or, yeah, or like a courage to do something different, right? Yeah. Or just like, okay, yeah. I do need to do this. I, and, I, and I am, yeah. you know? Yeah, and we know what that feels like, like that igniting, that fueling. Um, but in this case, it fueled a different fire. And it was a fire of like resentment and anger and bitterness. And they were the same words. Yeah. It was the same words. Right. And so you you kind of you kind of see this in the book of Lamentations also that you're just like an event has happened um something unexpected something horrible and the response of people can be so different to to something like that. And this book I think gives a key. There's something really powerful about mm-hmm. this book because it gives a key of how how, how do I move from fueling the fire of bitterness and resentment to fueling the fire of of hope and belief mm. with the same with the same words. Um, so in the book of Jeremiah, it's words that are spoken. In the book of Lamentations, it's like a tragedy that occurs. One of my favorite parts of Lamentations, when you get into it, there's only five chapters, and the first word of every chapter is super important. Like there's a whole lesson that can just be taught from the first words of the chapters. And I think one of the reasons why the book of Lamentation is called how in the Hebrew Bible is because three of the chapters actually start with that word. So chapter one starts with how, chapter two, how again, chapter, um, chapter it's four Four. is the other one where it says how. And then I love, and chapter five is going to start with the word remember, which is interesting 
But I love that chapter three starts with this. I am the man that hath seen affliction. And I love that that is all of us. Yeah. That is all of us. Like I, I could say I am the woman who has seen affliction. That, that has happened in my life. And I love that this is like a call to every person, to all of God's children. If you have seen affliction, then this is a book for you. And our favorite chapters are going to be three and five. That's where the lesson is. But there's just a couple things we want to point out from um, one, two, and four that are interesting. Yeah, and let's just like set up this kind of like idea of like the central point in chapter three is I am someone who has seen affliction. Uh, in this case, it's of their own making, but there's plenty of affliction that's not of our mm. own making, right? And I think the book, even though the book is about a circumstance that's of their own making, I think it teaches us how to respond to affliction of any of kind. Of any kind, and I think that's so good. And as we get into chapter three, like I want to lean into what is that and what does it feel like and and how do we get into that place? But I think it's so interesting. The questions they ask are the questions all of us ask when affliction comes. The first question is, how did this happen? Like that's that's their first question is, wait a minute. This was never supposed to happen. Right. Never. We are Israel. We are God's children. We built the temple. The temple was never going to come down. How did this happen? happen and and another how that they ask is how could you let this happen yeah it's another how question yeah which is chapter two right right um how did you forget us like that that's what they think happened and the questions in the first two chapters are actually not super logical because i'm sure god was like i've been telling you about this for a long time that this was gonna happen like i didn't forget about you yeah i've been warning you this whole time and it's so interesting and Lamentations 1, 1 and 2, um, this is what they ask. How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? And I love that this is exclamation mark. Like, they're like loud crying this, right? Lamentation isn't quiet. Um, when you lament, yeah, that's not a quiet cry. That's loud um, crying. And, and I love when it says this, how is she become as a widow? And when I was reading that, I was like, that's so interesting. I've never heard a city described as a widow before. Have you? Uh, first time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, who was she married to? That was my next question. And then my next thought was this. It was Jerusalem. Mm. Who was she married to? Yeah, to the Lord. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize if she's a widow, it means that one of the very first things that happened is she, she got rid of her husband. She let her husband die, right? She, the, the Lord was no longer a part of that community. Yeah, at least in this particular case, right? right. Yeah, yeah. That that's, that's, a, that, that's how you want to be like, wait a minute. How did you become a widow? That's the question you should be asking, Jerusalem, is how did this happen? And in verse 2, it says, She weepeth sore in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks, and you fill this lament yeah. taking place. And I think it's really powerful that there is a book in scripture called Lamentations because it gives permission and space for lament. Yeah. I, I think there's a, it's easy to, for lament to turn into accusation and for lament to turn into bitterness. And so I think 
there's a, a warning against that here. Mm. But I think even if it's of your own causing, there's there's some value in lament. There's mm, value in just saying like, I, my, I am in so much trouble. My everything has fallen apart. You know, like there, it, and yeah. it gives dignity there's something to important you know to doing about that. giving place for that. It reminds me when uh, my daughter Meg was going through a divorce, and she went over to see the bishop when things were really not in a good place. And um, I just prayed and prayed he would give her counsel for that moment. And when she came home, she said he gave me an assignment. And I was like, oh, good. Because as a mom, you just want healing to begin, right? That's what you want. And you want someone to be like, here's the way out. And this is what it's going to look like. And um, that that's never true um, at the beginning of the hard thing. You know that you you have to process through it. And I was like, well, what's the... What is your assignment? What did he tell you to do? And she said, pour out. I'm supposed to, just for one week, I'm just supposed to pour out. And I thought about the importance of that, of like acknowledging this is where I am and this is what hurts and this is what I'm carrying. And it it wasn't like a, okay, buck up little camper and let's start moving forward. It was this permission for lament for just that pouring out. And I love, that's what happens in chapter one is all of these words um, that we were talking about earlier where this person is like, look, do you see us? Do you see what is happening right here? Consider what this looks like for us. Like behold it with your eyes. God, look, look where we are. And it is this pouring out of um, how did this happen? And I, I've read this a couple times, and correct me, anyone, if I'm wrong, I never find the Lord saying, I told you so, mm-hmm. as a part of this lament. Yeah. You know, there is like, it just, he gives them space to like see where they currently are, right? It's like a, an acknowledgement of this is where we are. And, and they hint at it a couple times, like verse eight, we grievously sinned. And that's why we're in this place, mm-hmm. in this particular circumstance, right? But they're just like, this is the way things are right now, which I think is the first step toward healing. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, you were talking about, like, I wanted that yep. healing. And yep. You love in 18 when it just says, Lord, behold my sorrow. Yeah. It, it is that like just laying out and saying, this is where I am. And I just have to sit in this for a minute. Somehow I got here. And, and it is that, it's that arguing back and forth of how did this happen and how did God forget us? And I think we've all asked those questions. Yeah. I think we've all felt forgotten at times in our lives. Like, where are you Yeah. right now? Yeah. And, and you asked that question and it makes you think of Joseph's prayer in Liberty Jail. Yeah. Right. That, where are you? Um, Hold on, let me turn this battery thing off. Um, and the thing that's interesting is those hows go to um, chapter four. Because what happens in the beginning is, at the beginning, they're mad, right? They're like, how did you let this happen? And then through the processing, they start recognizing their part in it. And they get to that part of like, how did you forget us? But then within that chapter, you see them start reconciling also, well, wait, maybe we forgot you 
And in chapter four, the question that they ask is, how did the sacred become trite? That's the question they ask. How is the gold become dim? That's that's what they wonder. Yeah. Like, how new, did we let that happen? Yeah. I was going to say it's a new kind of how. It's yeah. like, a, oh man, let me look back on my life and figure out how I got here. How did this, how did I let these things become so commonplace, right? Like how yeah. did they become rote? How did, how did, how, at yeah. what point did this happen? happen. That my relationship with, with God, that my faith journey became this. And I think that's actually, that's, a, that's an important how. Yeah. That's a healthy how. Yeah, I think it's so good. And um, I love that of the first four chapters, the only chapter that doesn't start with a how is the chapter that actually gives the answer of what is going to fix what's going on there. And this is the one that starts out, I am the man that has seen affliction. Um, I am the man who's living in this. And then he is going to walk you through. This is what the problem was. This is how we let the sacred become trite. But also, here's the answer. And I think what you were saying about um, when, we, when we say, I am the man who has seen affliction, sometimes that affliction comes just by nature of mortality. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just Some of us are walking through really hard things, not because of a decision we made, um, or, or what was happening, but because life is hard and we might have prayed for the miracle. We might have been living righteously. We might have been doing all of the things that the book says to do and we still didn't get the miracle or the promise or we're in that bondage of just simply what mortality brings. And, and we can say, I am the man or the woman who sees affliction right now? I am that person. Um, or on the flip side, we could be the person who, because of our choices that we made or um, the circumstances we allowed ourselves to get into, also are experiencing affliction. And the thing that I think is interesting that this chapter points out for us, no matter how you got there, affliction can do one of two things. It can either make us bitter or it can make us better. And we get to choose. Like we get to choose how our heart will respond to the lesson. Or which fire you're going to fuel. Yes. Right? Which which direction are are you going to go? And chapter three kind of sets up a thing like this that we have on the board here. Our suggestion, um, I think, or one of the keys in here is they start these are all about like circumstances. How did this happen? I can't believe I'm in this. And it seems like chapter three is focusing us not on how, but on a who, right? Get your eyes off of the problem and get them on to him. This is a lesson that we see over and over again in, in scripture. And chapter three opens up a, a, a question of which who, right? Yeah. Is it going to be him? Or him. Which is so good. And I love that um, Lamentations is written in poetic form. Some people will say it's five poems that were written. And because we are writers, it is our nature to sit down and process through things by writing. 
um, sometimes that is where the lesson is learned. And I love that that is kind of what is happening for the author of Lamentations here is he is doing this soul searching processing by writing things out, see what he can learn. And chapter three is a really great chapter to write things out because a choice is going to be made here with this who, um, right? He's going to talk about when um, you are the man who has seen afflictions, you have a choice to make. And it's who you are going to make God out to be in that moment. And I love watching the processing happen because he starts out and he says, I could say this, he says, and, he, and you can feel, do you ever know when you are like so angry or so hurt or so whatever, you could just sit down and, whatever, yeah. and the write, you just start writing. You are like, I'm going to just lay this thing out. And um, my kids always tease me because if I've ever been wronged, that is my first inclination. I'm like, I'm going to write a letter. That is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm non-confrontational by nature. And so I'm not going to go in and have the conversation, but I will go home and write a letter. Like if that feels safer for some reason. And I can see that this might have been the letter that he was like, this is what I'm going to send. Dear God, that's how it's going to start out, right? And then he's like this, and he just starts writing down, like, this is the place I'm in right now. And he's going to use poetic words, which some of them are a little hard to understand. I'm in chapter three, uh, verse three, surely against me, he is turned. He turned his hand against me all the day. He says, my flesh and my skin, he's making old. He's breaking all my bones. He's building against me. He's putting me in dark places. He hedged me about. I can't even get out. He's, he's made my chains so heavy. When I cry and shout, he's not even listening to my prayer. He's putting stones in my way. All my paths are crooked. Now, I love verse 10 when he's like, he is like a bear lying in wait and a lion. And this is who God is. Yeah. He's saying, he's caused the arrows of his quiver to get in the way of my reigns. This is what is happening right now. And as you read it, I wonder how many of us have ever been in that place where he's like, this is how I see God. He is against me. He's rejected me. He's mean to me. He's forgotten me. He's restricting. He's uncaring. He's plotting attacks against me. Um, he's, he's not giving me direction of my own, what I want to do, but he is controlling everything I'm supposed to do. And, and the more that is our language, what happens is in verse 15, where um, I love that all of a sudden this becomes God's fault. He has filled me with bitterness. He has. Yeah. He did this to me. And um, he's making me drunk with wormwood. Um, wormwood is used in scripture. It's symbolic of bitterness or apathy. And um, I love that it's God's fault in their mind, that they've mm -hmm. turned away from God. They're like, this is actually your fault because this is how you are acting toward me. And I wonder if you've ever been in that place before where you're like, but why are you against me? Why are you so mean? Why have you forgotten me? Why, you know, why have you um, done all of these things to me? And when you read this, I, um, I love to write these words down and then ask myself this question. Is this who God is? Like, yeah. if you wrote this list down and you were to look at it, would you say God is against you, rejects you, is bitter, forgets you, is restricting, uncaring, that he plots against you, that he's 
controlling. Like, is that your God? And and I think that phrase is really interesting and, and kind of telling because I feel like I have been drunk with bitterness mm. before. You know, when you're drunk, your senses are off. Yes. And you're, you don't see things clearly. clearly. And you're, and you're, uh, what's this when you're like, yeah. Uh, uh, and sometimes it happens you know. when you're angry. Right. Sometimes like it happens just... when you're bitter, where you're just, you're not thinking straight. You're just not thinking straight. And this can fuel upon itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, and then when you're not thinking straight, you keep on doing fueling it. that yeah, fire. You keep fueling and, that same... and then you might sit and listen to a prophet talk and it will fuel this. Yeah. In Which, you then I think is one of the keys of, I mean, one of the purposes of lament. It's like, get it out. Yes. Throw it up. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. I haven't been drunk very often, but I've heard. It's <laughs> the right thing to do. You know, is you have got to, you know, it's like, okay, good. Get it out. Get it out. And put it on paper and yeah. like, ask yourself logically, it, is, is that what he's like? God? Right. Yeah. Right. And I love or it. Or are you just mad? or disappointed? Yes. Is it God you're mad at or is it the circumstance or is it mortality or right. what, what is it that, and it's good to like, get it out, get it out. So you can see. And is I that love I that happens um, for, um, for this man, because as he writes it out, um, he, and he talks about in 17, he removed my soul far off from peace. Um, and then in 18, he says, my strength and my hope is perished. Because of the Lord. He's the one who took away my strength. He took away my hope. And then... Um, then 19, he seems to say, actually, it's yes, my affliction and my misery. There is this shift that starts taking yeah. place right there in 19 where he's like, okay, hold on. Now that I got that out, I'm like in a place where I can actually say, okay, who actually is my God? And what role does he have to play in my story right now? Um, and I love that there's this process he goes through. I changed my scriptures because I want to make paragraphs in the place where that lesson becomes so clear. Everyone, don't worry when I change my scriptures, but I'm going to show you because I love when he <laughs> says this. There, there's two steps that happen. One is he remembers his affliction and his misery and the wormwood and the gall, right? The bitterness. And, and he holds those in, remember, in remembrance. And the first thing that happens in 19 and 20 is he's humbled by that. So that's the first change that happens. Um, I love 19 and 20 to like be one paragraph or one verse. There is one lesson right there. And I love 21, 22 to be the second um, verse, the second lesson. And to pull those together because I love when he says this. Okay, first, I'm going to remember my affliction, my misery, my bitterness. My soul still has them in remembrance, and I am humbled. But second, this I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. That does not go with the first lesson. That goes with the second lesson. What is the thing he is calling to mind that is going to give him hope? What is that thing? And then he says this, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fails not. And I love that he's like, this is what had to happen for me to be able to see straight. Is I first had to look at that bitterness, that sorrow, those hard things, my affliction. And I had to let it humble me. And the second thing is what I recalled to my mind was the Lord's mercies. Yeah. 
And that's what started to fix what happened. And then he sees a totally different God. For the here, rest of the chapter. For the rest of the chapter, because he talks about... And, and before you go there, I just keep thinking this idea of when he says, says I let them humble me. To me, that, that means it leads to... I was in this place of like, how and why? And I'm so mm-hmm. mad to now all of a sudden like, okay, this is the way things are. I need help. Like, however I got here, I'm yes. here. That's what humility is to me. I'm here and I can't do it. I'm here and I need your help. Yes. You know, and, and, and you don't want to cry to this God for help. No. You, when he remembers what he's actually like, he's like, oh, okay. It's, the, it's mortality and it's the misery and, oh, and it's here and I, and I need help out yes. of it. Yeah, and I love that. And then he describes the second half of the poem describes this God who he's like, I can hope in him. He has mercy. He has compassion. He's faithful. Uh, He's my portion. He's abundant. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is a good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord, right? For the rescue, for the deliverance, for the um, saving. That's, That's who the Lord is. That's what he does. He will come there. He will come there into that place. And I, I love that um, we get to watch the process of a soul battle yeah. in chapter three, yeah. where someone starts out and he's like, why did you do this to me? And, and you feel that like pouring out of the bitterness and the ache and the anger and all of that stuff. And in that process of hopefully humbling, because you also could fuel that fire Again and keep and going again, again and again and, again. Again and, right. and never recover from it, right? You, you could become bitter and never become unbitter. But I love that he instead goes through that moment of deep bitterness and then chooses instead to become better from it. And I think if there was a, a practice, you know, like a mm. something I could do to help me with this, I think one would be get it all out, pour out. And then the second would be to watch for the Lord's mercies because they're new every morning. I love that line so much. Right, and it's yeah. almost this call, an invitation to, you. the way to slowly shift is actually, or quickly shift, is actually really simple. It's to watch for and make an accounting of the Lord's mercies, mm-hmm. to remember who he is. And you can do that actually every single morning. Well, and you should. Right. And I think too, for me, when I watch people who are in that bitter place and that place of struggling with the Lord, that they're like, what, what if I never love the Lord again? What if I can't get out of the hurt that came from the thing that didn't work out the way I wanted to. And I have learned there is so much power in this and like, don't try to resolve that right now. That, that might take time, right? That, that one line where it talks about waiting patiently and quieting yourself that that might take time but can you just watch for the lord in your story right now like where was he today did he show up today let's just worry about where was the lord's mercy in your story today and then let's look for that again tomorrow and over time as you recognize who the character of god is that hard thing will eventually be made clear to you. Maybe not today, but day after day after day, you will start to realize. And 
I love what happens when you come out of chapter three. Well, well, and also like to turn to someone who can, I mean, this is the way things are. Mm. Either you did it or mortality did it, but that's, they, today they are like that. Now who can help turn them from beauty? I mean, from ashes to beauty. Yes. Who can do that? And, and the way that we learn to trust him again and get out of that drunken bitterness is, okay, let me yes. remember what he's like. And once I remember what he's like, now I'll put my future in his hands yes. and my present in his hands yeah. and let the past be the past. Yes, and I love that. It's so important. And I love that then that chapter three leads to chapter four, which is that question, how did I let the sacred become tri trite? Uh, how did I, rather than protecting what was important to me, put it in the fire? How did I do that? Right? Yeah. It's it's that moment of like, where is my heart with God right now? And, and how then, did I and how did I turn him into such a monster? Yes. You yeah. know? How did I do that? Yeah. Let me like rewind. Yeah, me. let me process through how did I make the sacred become trite and how do I fix that? And then you love when you get to chapter five when um he tells you again, okay, remember. That's what you have to do. And if you want the sacred to be sacred, then you have to remember. Um, even in the midst of this really hard thing, you've got to remember the Lord and consider and behold him in the story. And verse 21 has the most interesting um, line in it because it seems like you would end here and, and be like, okay, come back to me, Lord, now. I'm going to invite you to come back into my story, but that is not the prayer of this man. The prayer of this man is, okay, turn me back to you. Do that work. Like, help me figure out how to turn back to you. Because if you feel angry, if you feel bitter, if you feel wronged, if you feel any of those things, that miracle didn't come that you want, what you have to be taught in that moment is, turn me back you like that's what i'm praying for right now just turn me back to you whatever that looks like and i love that that's the process and and i love that he will like the cry at the end of chapter five is for restoration yeah it's for um this process that goes from mercy and compassion and a faithful and abundant and a good god to trusting that he can actually deliver and redeem and restore and, and that word, it's my favorite word in 21 is that, and renew our days as of old. You know, give, give me that old believing heart again yes. before all this happened. And that is what is so powerful about this message is that he, he, will. he can and he will. Yeah, and I love right? that thought. I am a big fan of thrift stores. Like I love thrift store shopping. I love it. And the thing I love the most about it is going into that place and I just get caught up in other people's stories, in other people's, you know, what was going on there and, um, and thinking through like, where did they use this or where did they wear this? Or, you know, the, I love tablecloths for that reason. Like what celebrations has this seen? But for some reason, someone rejected everything that's in a thrift store. Uh, they, they, uh, it was like Gave cast away, out, yeah. right? They, they didn't want that thing anymore. It was gone from them. And what I love about God is I think he probably also loves thrift stores. <laughs> and I think he probably walked into Babylon and he was like, oh, I can do something good 
with this. I can make use of you. Even though you are in this rejected and outcast and forgotten forgotten place, I can still do something with this. And um, I, I bought this jacket this week at a thrift store and I put it on because I was like, this is the les- lesson of Lamentations to me is we will all have those moments where we feel rejected or forgotten or cast off. We will. But God will walk in and be like, oh, there is beauty in that story. Um, there is something good that can come out of that. And no matter how deep and hard and long the lamentation is, that there is joy and beauty and goodness ahead. There is a second chance. There is the redemption. There is the redeeming. Um, there is the new story. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that that it has an old story still. Yes. Right? Where it's yes. like, listen, that spot that you went through, those things that happened, your fault or not, like, I'm not erasing those. They're a, they were a part of the journey that brought you here. Yes. And that is still a beautiful part of the journey. Too. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So a good book, really yeah, a good book. I told you. I told you. Lamentations. A happy ever after yeah. after all. <laughs> all right. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.